Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we have Ryan on from our original group chat to talk shop about a couple new watch releases that came out this past week. Now, even though there were a couple watches released from AP and Patek, we're talking Tudor, especially when it comes to their newest Black Bay 58 Blue. It gets a little fiery, it gets a little opinionated, but it's all around a pretty good time. So sit back, because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. All right, welcome everybody to episode 24 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, approaching six consecutive months of recording one a week. That's uh, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's more than I thought we'd get to. Yeah, For sure. that's fair. In, in every way, fair. Um, At least so, uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and a little bit of another special treat who going to be making a, a more extended appearance on the podcast this week. Our buddy Ryan from the group chat. So, Ryan, welcome. I'm very much honored to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, you're 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 welcome. It's uh, it was a pleasant surprise for me and Buzz that that Spangler told us that you uh, might be joining us um, this week, and I think I think this time you're actually wearing a watch, aren't you? That is correct. Should I? All right. I better just give. Should just let people marinate on that. Should I describe what I'm wearing? I mean, I think you should describe what you're wearing, or maybe like tell us the brand and the model that people people might know. And you know, if you're drinking something too, maybe they might want to know that. Sure. And again, I have, I have no sponsorship deals, but if either of these two brands want to sponsor us, there's no <laughs> uh, there's no uh, friction there. Um, so I'm drinking uh, some Booker's, uh, which is a nice um, kind of uh, not hard to get, not allocated, but certainly above average uh, Kentucky bourbon. And I'm wearing my early 2000s Sea Dweller. Um, you know, it's uh, aluminum, um, starting to look darn near vintage, but I won't go quite that far. And I picked it up in 2019 and have been uh, just appreciating it more and more each time I put it on my wrist. That's an excellent piece. We, we met up before all of the COVID stuff happened, right after you purchased it, and it's... Uh... It's a pretty, it's a pretty stunning piece in person. It's, it's just got that little bit of character, a uh, little bit of extra thickness, and then the uh, helium escape valve that the Submariner doesn't have. It really, uh, it's really a fun piece. And one thing, again, again, no uh, affiliations. You know, the bracelet has the continuation of the link pattern, which until I actually put it in my own hands, I kind of had. Uh, it gave me pause because when you look at it you wonder what that is going to be like. Um, and for some reason, you also mentally think that it's going to be basically physically an extension of the of the bracelet, which would not be a very good way to secure it. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Very sturdy. You you both, uh, maybe not both, but I know, Mike, you, you put it on. There is, it's just an incredibly well-crafted piece. So if anyone is ever looking at that and saying, oh, that, that, that continuation aesthetic of the of the bracelet, I don't know how I feel about it. Don't worry. It's it's actually quite wonderful. That's great. Yeah, no, I remember putting that on and it was like that that clasp definitely was better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Yeah, they're way more sturdy than you expect from something that's just out of pressed metal, you know? Yes. Oh, completely. Spangler, what have you got? Well, uh, Spence, Spence, much to your disdain, I'm wearing the uh, Oris Pro Pilot X, 
this week on the podcast. It's it's finally been my turn and Buzz. I'm sorry. I think you might also be a little bit of a fan of this watch. Um, yeah. I'm finally getting I'm finally getting my turn with it, and um, it's it is one heck of a watch. I do have two minor complaints about it. Actually, I have two and a half complaints about it. That I'll go into real quick here. Uh, number one, it's pulled off about half of my arm hair. Um, so honestly, you can have it back at the end of this week. And number two, the clasp it's also weird, makes it didn't do that for me. Nor me. Well, interesting. Maybe you're enough. doing it wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it uh, it has definitely been pulling a little bit of my arm hair for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe my arm hair is just cursed. I have no idea, but it's definitely been pulling it out um, more than I would like it to. So, um. And also the clasp makes me a little bit cautious. But aside from that, it is an all-around fantastic watch. Full titanium. It's a lot lighter than I thought it would be from, like, the get-go. As soon as you handed it over to me, Spence, I was like, wow, this is a really light watch. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's all-around pretty good. I, I really like it. And um, I am drinking my Blade & Bow Kentucky Bourbon today, which I just picked up yesterday. Um, after seeing a couple good reviews, and Ryan also giving it high praise. Um, it's very playful. I'll say that. So, hmm. yeah. That's what I'm wearing. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yep. it's a sub-50. Um, it's a Louisville-made bourbon. All good. Um, yeah, I definitely am. I've been enjoying it. Um, nice. But, um, yeah. So, if, if I remember correctly, uh, now granted, this drops tomorrow because we're procrastinators to say the least but uh there might be a review of that propilot x posted somewhere on a certain website that some of us might run yeah so perhaps if anybody <laughs> listening to the podcast uh jumps over to zeitzwatches.com that's a z-e-i-t-z watches.com uh there may be an article posted uh from one of us here on the podcast um regarding a week on the wrist they uh, had for this watch which Something we might want to call the the work the work week watch wrap, if you will, <laughs> to keep with the alliterative nature of the podcast. <laughs> Plenty of alliteration. <laughs> I will uh, I will go ahead. Yes, check it out tomorrow, which is when this <laughs> drops, which is today, for those of you listening. <laughs> Nobody really knows what day it is anyway, at least for the last three months. So that's fine. Um, Especially not me. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> We all know okay, from Buzz, experience. What? Spengler has no idea. Buzz already went. It's my turn. No, I didn't. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, he didn't. That's right. <laughs> Terrible. We're doing great at this. <laughs> yeah, this is a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Because it was recently Independence Day, I decided that I had to have something red, white, and blue. So on my wrist today, I've got my Timex Q, hefty doses of red and blue via the bezel, and some white sprinkled in, you know, the minute track and the, the backgrounds to the day and the date wheels. Uh, it's still still a fun watch. Um, it's It's an inexpensive watch, so if you buy it and you don't expect that it's an inexpensive watch, you, you're you're going to miss something, right? But if your expectations are in line, I I think that's pretty hard to beat uh, for the uh, price range that it operates in. 
Um, I've had this one for months and months now. Um, doesn't always get wrist time. Uh, for example, that none of my watches saw uh, my wrist when I had that uh, PPX in for Morris, but still, still great. Um, I also like the hook in uh, too. I mean, Timex is an American company. Granted, this stuff's not made here. Most of their watches aren't, but yeah. So Timex Q. And then I'm drinking a, uh, a Spangler recommendation, uh, drinking some Larceny, which is a weeded bourbon uh, tonight. It's good. Um, I don't have a, a, a beverage tasting institute score for this, um, <laughs> w- which is quite sad, uh, but I'll evaluate it a different way. I would much rather have this fifth of bourbon um, than the $25 that I, I paid for it, right? So that that's how you evaluate things. So yeah, goodbye. It there is go. a goodbye, I should say. I also had a Founders All Day IPA earlier. And that's a delicious beer, but we'll, we'll get into my love for that at a later time. (laughs) All right, Spence, what you got? Well, I, uh, went, went a little throwback and, uh, working on finishing a bottle of, uh, bullet rye. So I made myself a bullet rye Manhattan as I'm wont to do, um, do that fairly frequently. Uh, not that frequently, but like it's, it's, it's made an appearance on the podcast before. And we all know I am hashtag team Manhattan. Buzz's hashtag team old fashioned. So um, I'm team any whiskey cocktail. I I like old fashions. I like Manhattans. If you mix up a Boulevardier, I'm all over it. See, I'm nervous about that one because the Campari sounds a little off putting. But no, we'll, it, you just we'll you get just, there when we get there. <laughs> it, if, if I remember my ratios correctly, it was uh, uh, it's two, two one one two. Yeah, I think that I went a little bit lighter on the Campari. Um, that would be the one to go lighter on. Maybe three quarters or half, but yeah. it's good. It's a it's a great, bitter, refreshing summer drink. Yeah. I should probably get some sweet vermouth right now because there's not much summer left, if you haven't heard. Yeah. So I yeah. should start drinking it like ASAP. Yep. Anyway, um, go back to your thing, Spence. Sure. So I did that. And then uh, if you notice, I was a little bit quieter when Spangler was talking about the, the Pro Pilot X. Still like that watch. Of the two, it is still my favorite. But I've been wearing the Diver 65 Chronograph with the bronze bezel and the gilt markers. And I got to say, I've been really digging it. Um, the whole Diver 65 feel of a modern movement and modern finishing, but with a vintage package, I'm really starting to appreciate the bezel is great i've been using the chronograph to time my kids naps so i know how long they've been i've been actually using the combination using the dive bezel to to, to mark the hour with the uh chronograph taking care of the minutes because it's only got a 30 minute totalizer and no hour totalizer so i've been kind of using the dive bezel to, to to take care of the hour totalizer and uh it's been great i've been really digging it the the bracelet i think i think the bracelet on both of these watches is you know is what makes them and you know the, mm-hmm. the 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 thinner links with the rivet looks, um, and the, and the the nice sharp taper, um, and they're almost they're they're I don't want to say they're not flat links, but like they're definitely shaped more like a vintage Rolex bracelet or a vintage Oris bracelet, if you will. 
um, than anything else that's modern. And I, you know, I really, really dig it. It is a bit thick, but like we've all said, a good chunk of that is in the, the severely domed crystal. And um, it just wears really well. Um, just the case profile is great. It fits really well on the wrist. <clears throat> the domed crystal is actually creates a little bit of an interesting, um, the way it's domed, it creates a very interesting look for the, uh, the minute track because it's almost like the distortion you get around the edges from the dome perfectly lines up with the minute track. And that's something I hadn't noticed before. And it, uh, it, it just creates some really, really cool visuals on the watch. So I've been really enjoying my time with this. Um, I know Spangler and I'll probably swap back here later this week. Um, cause I want some more time with the PPX, but I've really enjoyed this one. And, um, any, any qualms I had or any concerns I had about any watch in the Diver 65, this is definitely put to bed. It's something that I could definitely see myself adding at some point, uh, just because I'm still nervous to go the full vintage route. But yeah. uh, that's what I'm wearing. That's what I'm drinking. So, yeah. And I definitely want some uh, some of my wrist hairs back, so I'll definitely be taking you up on the, the swap there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we can arrange that. That can be arranged. Um, yeah. So I know it's I know we record I, I know we dropped a podcast last week. It's been a while since we recorded. Did you guys hear of any any big news that came out of the watch world last week? I feel like I feel like there wasn't anything new that came out from any of the major brands that we like. Well, I no. feel like it probably came out new like three weeks ago, even though it wasn't supposed to. But I mean, oh yeah, no, we've all, we've all seen pictures of this in the last like for the last four weeks at least. It seems yes. like the. Uh, I, I, and if, if none of y'all have figured it out yet, um, you can go ahead and climb out from under your rock. We're talking about the Tudor Black Bay 58 Blue, Navy Blue. I don't even know what they're called. Somebody needs to come up with a better nickname for it. Um, I call it yeah. the Marine National Blue. I mean, fair. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was shorter. I'm looking for something shorter than that. Um, the Tudor <laughs> BB 58 Marine National Blue is, is sh- longer than Navy Blue. But, it's called um, the MN Blue. The blue, the blue boy, the blue boy, the blue boy, the blue bay. I've heard it. Yeah, blue bay, blue bay. Well, but but there's the big boy, the blue boy. Yeah, so it's there's also yeah. a big boy from an Andre three thousand, and they you know, <laughs> we don't want to. Hell yeah, outcast. <laughs> I love that. I like. I'm picking up. If you want to find outcast reference, feel free to Google that when you finish listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah we might put it in the show notes probably not because i'll forget um anyway <laughs> so, i mean what do you guys think of the black bay 58 i mean so spangler you've got a bb 58 and i, I yeah. you're the uh, I, I, no both of you have seen it in person yeah so i've gone hands-on with both of them and you know honestly i prefer and like for whatever reason i still prefer the original colors on my black bay 58 over the new one I mean, if you're wanting to go for that Tudor blue, their like iconic blue Marie National colorway, this one would be a great option for you. But just for for whatever reason, I look at mine and like the gilt colorway on the black just seems to pop more than the white text on that blue dial. Um, and for whatever reason, the the red pip just leaves more of an impression on me than the bezel on the newer one. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but it's still an all around great watch. Um, it's got that Tudor color history on it. So if that's your thing, I think this is an amazing option for you because you can't really buy anything else quite like it at this time. If you're trying to go for that old Tudor sub, 
um, sort of aesthetic. But um, Buzz, I know you've also gone hands-on with it. What were your impressions on it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was down at uh, Richter and Phillips on some unrelated business uh, recently and um, was able to take a look at uh, at the, the one that they had. Uh, I'm really glad that I saw it in, in the flesh uh, because the renderings and pictures that you see uh, online or in social media, uh, you know, that, that, that's not always the most accurate way um, to judge color uh, on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it in person far, far better than, than I liked the pictures of it. Uh, when I saw the pictures of it, um, yeah, I was I was really unimpressed. I mean, granted, some of some of the guesses of you know that sort of color with a, a gilt, um, you know, minute track and everything. I mean, that seemed interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, did, I did like those ones. I, I would really like to to see something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure there's. You mean somewhere. like a Laurier, like a Laurier Neptune with blue and gilt that they sell? Yeah, some something kind of <laughs> like Tudor's, like Tudor's take on the Laurier. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Tudor's take on the Laurier. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, that's the inspiration. I will say the the gilt the gilt navy Laurier Neptune uh, sounds like that should be right up your alley. It really is. It's pretty pretty slick but um yeah it it really uh, that that blue's great in person i think i mean granted uh the the blue is going to be really hard to get um i mean still the the original the the og black bay 58's still not easy to get so uh, your likelihood of being able to look at them side by side is low, but if you have that chance, um, you know, look at them in person. You, you might be surprised. You might prefer, um, you know, a different one than you think by just looking at pictures. Uh, it was funny. My wife was was very. She really liked it, and um, you know, thought. Yeah, she hasn't seen the uh, the original in person, but she thought she's like, you know, you wear so much blue. I mean, that that's a no brainer. That that looks so good, and that would look so good with your typical wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I take that as a tacit approval to buy it when when I. Uh, <laughs> I think you're reading that correctly. That's, when one comes that's, up, that's exactly sounds like she told you you should buy this watch. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice, huh? <laughs> well, can, I, can I just jump in here? Oh yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna ask you for your take. I have I have something that I think will, will be very interesting after this. So go right ahead, Ryan. So my <laughs> my take on it, um, just in, you know, I, I I have not handled it in person. Um, I saw a picture sent to me, and then I saw some stuff through more official channels. Again, as Buzz pointed out, very hard to do justice to it. Um, I do agree with. Um, Spangler's assessment that there is like a sterility to it that is um, not as warm because I think we can all agree guilty as charged that guilt has a warm sort of feeling to it. Um, that could be another show called Guilty as Charged, just not guilt uh, watches. <laughs> um, but um, there is a sterility to it. 
but there's also you know one thing i always think about and i think most of your listeners i, I can't even say for certainty um you know they have a budget whatever their budget is there is some sort of financial you know constraint to what they're going to do and for me i always like to do the fun frivolous color on the lower priced watch so if i'm going to own a watch that costs you know whatever rolex or protect pricing i'm probably going to buy it in the black or the standard sort of you know time time uh tested color and then for the lower priced one be it you know a tutor which again is not by no means an inexpensive watch i think that's kind of an opportunity to get creative i think that they nailed it when they did the black bay that had that um red they call it red but it's, it's really not even quite it's like red. a burgundy um you know those are yeah. the opportunities to say you know what i'm putting still very good money very you know hard-earned money down but i'm doing it with a great product at a lower price point so this is my avenue to maybe get a little creative or you can with a change of a color land somewhere in between those two price points a la Herod's uh, special edition green bezel uh, black bay oh god that thing's so great <laughs> it ups that's a good one it that is really a good one. like physically upsets me I could have two normal black bays for what one of those costs I, I think the thing about that watch that always makes me like like it even more is just the one line of green text on the dial I think it's the depth rating is in green. Don't don't quote me on that, but yeah, uh, either that or you know, or superlative or something, or chronometer. It's either know. it's either it's yeah, it's either chronometer or depth rating because it's the same thing that's in red on my black base steel. Yes, I can't yeah. remember what it is off the top yeah. of my head, <laughs> but it, whatever is in red on the black base steel is what's in green on the Harrods black bay. Yeah, I actually was going to before this depth rating, but virus occurred it is definitely going to do a trip to london in may which of course didn't happen and i was going to march myself right to harrods and take a look at that watch because it certainly uh you know piques my interest although would it be great if it if it had the harrods signature you know the way that we get tiffany signed no that oh, and, yeah. and you know they were like we could do that but we'll, but we won't <laughs> um, <laughs> It does. All right. You guys ready? You guys ready to have your blinds blown? Please, I'm ready for it. Okay. So this is my uh, this is my uh, essentially job interview for Tudor's marketing department. <laughs> um, I think they missed a massive opportunity here. So I'm, there's one picture that calls to my that that I I look at and comes to mind. So I'm okay using the Black Bay 58 case. I'm okay not having crown guards. I'm okay. Having this essentially be a Black Bay 58 in a different colorway. Mm -hmm. But what they should have done, what they should have done is they should have named it something differently and there should have been a slight change on the dial. So as we talked about with our buddy, Steve, Mm -hmm. who is a, you know, big in vintage Rolex and he, he brought out, you know, the, the Black Bay 58 is the first year of that big crown Submariner that Tudor did. And that's why it has the red, you know, triangle at the loom pip and all that. Yeah. So, and and Spangler, you're you're getting close to this with your Marine National Blue. What this should have been 
is this should have been called the Tudor Black Bay 69 or, or 70, which, you know, whichever number would have worked because that's when they introduced the blue Tudor Submariner was in 1969. Uh-huh. Could have used the 19 too, just so you know it's not as you know sexy. Salacious. We'll have, <laughs> yes, we'll exactly. Have fewer. And what they should have done is laughing at it. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. But what they should have done is the markers at three, six, and nine should have been slightly fatter rectangles. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And the re- re- remainder of the markers should have been squares. Yep. And the triangle, I, I'm okay keeping the thinner triangle, but it should have been maybe a fatter triangle at at 12. Mm-hmm. And you leave it in the same case. You don't put any crown guards on it. Yep. But now you've got a completely new, like it's not really a new model. It's a Black Bay 58, but in blue. Yeah. But it's got the blue Tudor sub markers. They're still applied. I'm okay making them applied because yeah. they aren't paint, painting dials. But it has that look of the original, which is exactly what the BB-58 in gilt has of the Tudor big crown sub. That's what they should have done. Less crown guards because you don't want to change too much and make it be like, oh, this is really a new Tudor sub. No, this is still a new black bay. It still has the same case shape. It still has all that, but it has a slightly different dial and it's in all blue. And that to me could have been called the Tudor Black Bay 1969 and would have been an amazing piece. And I think hey, this was already hyped up, hyped up plenty. This was really just about marketing. They marketed it as a Tudor Black Bay 58 Navy Blue. Should have been a Tudor Black Bay 1969. Couldn't have dropped, like, it would have been blue. Don't have to mention blue. It would have been, I don't want to say an even bigger success because the damn thing's sold out. You can't get it. But, like, think yeah. about how you read that and read that marketing material. Say, okay, Tudor came out with a BB-58 because it harkens back to 1958. They came out with the 1969 because it harkens back to the blue Tudor subs of 1969. Now nobody is going to be asking for a Tudor Submariner. They realize we're not doing one because, let's be real, they're not Never doing a Tudor Submariner. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it. They're I'm not going to do it because they are. I don't say they're out of Rolex's shadow, but if you do a Submariner and you call it a Submariner, they're like, oh, this is just the cheaper Rolex again. Like Tudor has their own identity now, and a Tudor Black Bay 1969 in navy blue would have been something that it's again, it's all just about marketing. They really don't have to make hardly any changes than what they did, just slight variation in the markers. I, Color would have been the same, everything else would have been the same, slight difference in the markers call it something slightly different, which that's literally just changing a bunch of PDFs. They can do that. That's easy. <laughs> Find and replace. Find and replace. Easy. So I, I, I like your uh, I like your marketing. You marketed the crap out of that watch. Um, so you... Tell me that wouldn't have been better. Tell I, me that wouldn't have been better. Well, Man, you, know what, I, you know, one thing I will say... I'm sorry, Buzz. I don't, I don't want to talk it. over you, but just before it escapes my mind, is the Tudor brand, when I came to know it, which has been, you know, in the, in the recent past, did not, I didn't know it was a brand with such pedigree and heritage. I don't think they do a wonderful job of letting you know that. Now, watch people will know that. It's like, obviously, um, kind of like, you know, one of the, the Ten Commandments of knowing watches. You, you understand the relationship to Rolex. But for the casual person, I was in a subway in, um, uh, I forget where, some major city and there was you know the 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 tudor stuff and they've got great people great band brand ambassadors i think david beckham lady gaga Mm -hmm. were two of them and that's great those are very noteworthy people um but for a brand that you know the hardest thing to invent is a history right so many brands would crave having that history they have it 
they don't need to you know invent it they, they need to perhaps embrace it better mm-hmm. well i mean that's that's what i keep going back to it's like they're even show they're even highlighting the fact that the blue version came out in 1969 it was for the marine nationale and all that it's like just call it that just change the dial a little bit and call it that and don't call it a Submariner. Make it the Black Bay, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, it would have. It would have been like everyone's. Oh, they're still embracing their heritage. Versus right now, like half the people are kind of like, it's a BB fifty eight in blue with no red. Okay, yeah. that's <laughs> cool. You did a new color. It's not a new watch. Whereas if you change the dial just that much, just that much, and call it something different, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, it's really just in the BB fifty eight case. But last I checked, everybody loves the BB fifty eight case. Yes. The way it wears, the movement. Everybody loves all the technical specifications that go along with that watch. So that isn't what needed to be changed. To make it slightly different and to call it something else and to lean in on your heritage, change the name, change 11 markers on the dial slightly. It Well, and you know what? You're, you're so good at marketing. Dude, just change your LinkedIn that you're now Tudor Marketing. Don't work on Fridays and have an expense account, okay? Because you're, you're nailing it, buddy. Um, I'm telling you, that's going to register for Dorcia. That's yeah. right. <laughs> See who can make a reservation at Dorcia now. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love that this went there. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely that would remove the um, contingent of people saying eh, it's just a, a different uh, color. It's a you know kind of a a, a so-so release. Uh, I agree, they're never going to give us a Tudor Submariner, but I actually I don't buy the argument at all that it's well Tudor's finally out of Rolex's shadow. No way in hell. Nobody cares about that i don't think that doing a tutor sub would put them back in their shadow at all i think that it's more about keeping keeping the the mother company um keeping their halo intact i think it's more about not removing value from the sub um that then screwing up tutors position in the market I mean, I think I would agree with you to that point. Um, But I I think it kind of cuts a little bit both ways. I think, I think Tudor has, since they've been reintroduced in the U S worked pretty hard to separate themselves. I mean, they always want to be, that's one of the things you want to be associated with Rolex because, because of the brand pedigree and because of everything and because of the heritage that's there, but you don't want to be like, Oh, I'm selling Rolexes with Etta movements anymore. I I don't think that they definitely don't want to be there. I don't think they're going to get there by any means. No. But I, I think they've kind of forged their own identity. And I think, again, not I, 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 I agree with you more that they are not going to be allowed to release a Submariner yeah. because it keeps the Submariner the Submariner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it helps keep Tudor with its own identity. And, man, I, I just – now I want to see what that watch would look like. I almost – like I'm not good at Photoshop, but I'm going to – I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, – I'll have our buddy at Kid Whistle who did a couple of different renders in in gray and yeah. in, uh, green. Uh, maybe I'll have him do one with the the old sub dial um, in blue and just see what that looks like because I can guarantee people would go nuts for that. At least the watch community would. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't because that's essentially what everybody's been clamoring for. And I think crown guards are crown guards are nice, but I don't think you need them. I, I had a, I had a really silly idea. Yeah, I mean there are there are people that. Uh do 
mods to watch is right. I mean, there's ghastly mods <laughs> to, to Rolex dials. And I need some crazy mofo out there with a laser welder and a CNC to put crown guards on Black Bay cases. Well, well uh, you know, and you can cut this out later because it may not play into what you want to talk about. Are you guys aware of Bamford? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fantastic, actually. And it's a wonderful idea. You know, the idea of, you know, this, this he's a guy. He's actually a guy. His name is his first name Bamford comes from a pretty wealthy English family and um, he doesn't make a single watch right he just oh yeah they mod all the yeah they, they just mod really nice watches um, you know and that's that's kind of a fun rabbit hole to go down you know when when you take a piece and you know then kind of bring it to your heart's desire you know like a modded you know what, what, what might I think I'm shooting him an email after this I'm shooting him an email saying dude if you want to print money do a Marine National <laughs> subdial for the blue, uh, yeah, blue black bay. That's why I brought it up because I'm like, oh my God, and just give me twenty five percent. Just give me twenty five of those watches, which is way less than twenty five percent of the money's gonna make. <laughs> if you could take twenty five percent or twenty five watches, you would monetarily want twenty five percent, but you wouldn't. You oh, wouldn't that's what be, I said. I want twenty five percent. You wouldn't be mad about twenty five watches either. No, I wouldn't be mad about that at all. I mean, that's. I mean, I just, how about let's do this one watch in twenty three percent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 20, All right. So going, I, going for twenty. Devil... Yeah, go ahead. You're gonna play devil's advocate on this. Going for yeah, twenty-five so watches. That's doing it for the love, not not for the money. <laughs> yep. All right. Now, Spangler, you can make your your actual well thought out counterpoint as opposed to mine. Inane. Who said it was BS. well thought out? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. I've had about like five five ish glasses of whiskey, so it's probably not gonna be that thought out. Um, okay, so Spence, you, you mentioned earlier about like Rolex or Tudor wanting to be associated with Rolex, but with their ETA and like getting away from that. So I know you do own this watch, but their uh, Fast Rider Chronograph, what if they made, because I know the B01, their movement they put in their Chronograph Black Bay has the capability of doing the 369 register subdials. Um, you know, just think about the the idea of them doing that, except making it a panda chronograph on a bracelet. I think that would be just absolutely amazing. It would, but my only thought on that is, I love the fact that that case is in ceramic. And I would, I'll be honest with you, I brought, I bought the black and white because it was black and white. Yeah. If it was black and white and it was a panda in the black ceramic case. Sign yep. me up. Like, oh, yep. but you can't do a ceramic case with a ceramic. I mean, I guess you could do a ceramic case in a ceramic bracelet, but it would be it would just that would, I think, be in a different league. At least the, the, the quality I think they would want to do would price it out of where Tudor would want to be. And it would actually probably be creeping up on a Daytona at that point. So, I mean, I, I know they already retail that watch for at least I think it's right around five. That's yeah. not what anybody ever for them because it's just got yeah. a seventy seven fifty. Um but that said, it is an all ceramic case, which is, it's a phenomenal, I love that watch. It's got a phenomenal case profile in, in, in it, like just the, the angles, the lines, it's all very well done. So you put an in-house movement in it that ups it even more. And then if you were to put it on a ceramic bracelet, I mean, you could put that in, they do have a stainless steel version of the fast rider. And I think you could do something like that, but, um, and you could put that on their oyster bracelet, which that would actually, that would be really fantastic. 
But to me, I like the reason I bought that one was because it was black ceramic. Um, yep. Now, if you want to do black ceramic on rubber or on leather as it comes with a with a panda dial with a three six nine with a white pan, like that or or you do the ceramic case with a white dial and black and white sub like you could do I can think of a lot of color combinations that would work with that black ceramic case yep. on a strap. I would love that, especially with an in-house chronograph, if, especially if it was an in-house chronometer grade chronograph movement. That would be great. I don't have any complaints about the seventy seven fifty, but if you can up the technology in it. I mean, it would. I, I would. I would look at that. I would seriously look at that hard. Well, I mean, I, I just think that's the way that Tudor's going right now. Like they're phasing out all of their non-in-house movements, and like their fast drives are only three register chronographs. So I think it'd be amazing to put the B zero one in either that or push to the stainless steel, and then do something heritage along that line. I think that is more the way they're going. And I don't know. Even in their, I don't know what it's called, but their other chronograph that they have their heritage chronograph, I think it's called. With yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it is just called that, yeah. Which also has like an ETA movement. I think that one will also be phased out eventually too in favor of an in-house movement later down the road, probably the B01 eventually, but you know, we'll, we'll see as to when that actually happens. Um, but I just think that that's the way they're going. Um, and my second point here is play devil's advocate because everyone's clamoring over Tudor Submariner. There should be a sub-segment of the show where, where Spangler just plays devil's advocate. Like, it should be I, a recurring, so it should be a recurring <laughs> thing in the cast where it's like, and time for devil's advocate starting Spangler, where you just do your thing. <laughs> well, this this whole podcast has devolved into Tudor talk, so we'll add that in there in the show. Yeah, Tudor talk. Yeah. Hashtag Tudor okay, talk. Spangler's <laughs> the devil. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, you so what's know. your other point? <laughs> but the point here is, let's, let's, you guys love doing that. Um, look at the Tudor Pelagos blue. I mean, that's, I mean, that is the Tudor Submariner. It's got the rectangular markers. It has a date, which I mean, one of, I guess the old subs, one of them did have the date, but I mean, it's got the rectangular markers at 12 and nine and it's got the small squares. But they're cut into the they're cut into the rehot. They're recessed. There, it's got a ceramic I know, bezel. I know, I know, it's a brighter it, blue. It's a it, bigger. It's a bigger size, and it has yes. a helium release valve. But, Everybody uh, has always said that the Tudor Pelagos is the Tudor Sea Dweller, and it is. No, I, no, I, it, I get that. But I, in more, but in the way that Rolex does, Rolex doesn't give a crap about any of their heritage. They are always more for evolving and doing new techniques for different models. So I don't think Tudor will ever go back to just a plain 300 meters water resistant watch with crown guards, yada, yada, yada. I think the Pelagos is their forward thinking of what the Submariner from Tudor would have looked like in 50 years time. And I think that's what we got here. So odds that we get a Submariner, eh, maybe down the line, but for the time being, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're getting it. And I don't, like I said, I mean, I agree with you that the Pelagos has that dial and has those hands, but it, I, I think you can have them side by side because I think the Pelagos is their interpretation of a modern dive watch to the, to the nines, which to me, the modern Rolex dive watch to the nines is the sea dweller. It's the sea dweller 4k. It's the sea mm -hmm. dweller deep sea. Like that is to me, that is what Tudor has as their sea dweller. It's bigger, it's yeah. thicker. It's got the helium release. Like, it, all of those, it has the fancy bracelet, all of those things. That's great. The Black Bay line is about modern technology with a vintage aesthetic, even if it isn't the same way that like Horace is doing vintage with the Diver 65, Belongine is doing their stuff, which let's be real, those new tuxedo stuff, that like a mm. lot of the Longine stuff that is 
We had that's gonna be that's gotta be an episode I like because some of their stuff is phenomenal recently. The chronograph looks um, amazing. The chronograph yeah. looks amazing. Yes. Anyway, we'll get back to that later episode. We will definitely do that. Um, yes. but the Black Bay 58 is that kind of vintage the 58 even more so than just the regular black bays that is their vintage aesthetic vintage looking so to me you need to put that old 1969 tudor Submariner dial on that and call it the bb 1969 don't reference the fact that it's blue because everybody can see that except those of us <laughs> who are colorblind and like just just run with your heritage the, the black bay line is your heritage line yes well and and i mean we know that they're doubling down on heritage because more often than not, it works. I mean, un- unfortunately, um, you know, the North flag didn't really take off. Um, yeah, they, they have, they forgot it had an integrated bracelet. Yeah, exactly. They didn't market. It'll be 50 exactly. grand in 20 years. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they're, they're doubling down on heritage in ways that I think are lost on the casual consumer. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to spell it out for them. Now, again, for us, nuanced differences, you know, are appreciable. But, like, again, like, calling it the BB1969, like, plainly explains, you know, this is a watch brand that existed, in the, you know, in, in, in the 1900s or whatever. Because for a lot of people, like, again, I'm telling you, when I was on that subway in, it was in Singapore, now I remember, it's like that brand could have been started yesterday. There was nothing about the marketing that gave the casual, you know, person on that subway train any indication, you know, and these other companies might put the date of founding on there. I think Breguet throws their date around, but like there was just nothing about that on that busy subway in Singapore that made anybody that didn't know better understand this is a long established uh, heritage line. I just, I'm just surprised they're not better at it, frankly. Yeah. All right. So, Spence, as the, their new marketer, um, it's your job to get Lady Gaga to uh, like do a YouTube <laughs> history uh, series of videos for, for Tudor. I think that'll, that'll educate the populace. I'll work on that. We'll see, we'll see what we can do. I mean, use your I expense just, account. Yeah, my expense account they gave me. Uh, but I can't line <laughs> it up on Friday because they gave me those days off. Um, that's right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, the, the interesting thing was, and, and oddly enough, it was a Tudor black Bay that brought the four of us together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was, yes. it was, it was the black Bay steel that I own. Buzz came with me to whiskey and watches at Richter and Phillips and Ryan, you own a, uh, the old Etta red version now, correct? I subsequently, after looking at your watch, became a true believer in Tudor, which I hadn't thought about that much until I met you. Well, yeah, and then uh, you, you, you still own the you still own the, the Black Bay Red, right? Uh, I, I don't think I'm ever going to sell it for two reasons. Yeah. First, although it may have inferior um, movement, the aesthetic of that smiley face makes me happy. It smiles at mm-hmm. me, I smile at it. And also, when you look at the... Um, if you actually get like the um, two-door yearly, I call it the yearbook. You know, everyone puts out their, you know, Rolex does that book, and they show they show in like I think one of the first two pages a timeline of Tudor watches. That's on their timeline, and that means as far as they're concerned, 
that is going to be a piece that going forward when they're you know showing people you know examples of where they were at different times in their history um i just think the piece is a, an instant classic to be honest so i i would agree with you i love that burgundy colorway the only reason i don't own that one is because one i own the steel and we all know my my purchase requirements for getting that for my firstborn uh son um it was came out the year he was born it was the first one with the date complications so that was the one that i went with um so to, to further bolster my resume to work for tutor if they wanted to if they wanted to if they wanted to what is everybody what did everybody think they were going to do a couple of years ago when they released that the, remember when they released a teaser picture of the painted uh hour marker for nine o'clock for the p01 it's gonna be the red sub. oh my god if they wanted to do a another and you, i mean i know rolex and tudor don't like to do limited editions i know they have their their bucherer blue uh you know black bay bronze they have the herod's edition which they're numbered they're not necessarily limited eventually i'm sure they will stop production you know same thing with the lhd it's numbered but it's not limited yeah. so what have you the actually so their their pvd chronograph that again our buddy kid whistle has is limited to a degree which that one is interesting to me because it's they have they have one for each person who's ever played for the New Zealand the New Zealand rugby team the national rugby team. So each time there's a official new player, they can create one more of those watches, which I find oh. interesting. So it's it's only limited in such that like now I guess if that team ever disbands, which I don't think it will, then they can only ever make as many people who's played for them. But like so that's an interesting thing. But if they wanted to. Figure out, and I know Tudor knows this, and I know everybody else probably knows this. I don't know it off the top of my head, but whatever year they made those red sub prototypes that they never released, uh. <laughs> do a Black Bay 58 in that colorway in the burgundy and release it with that year and whatever dial it would have had, and that's your red one. <laughs> uh. Fight me. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I, I think the thing with Tudor is that they fully understand what they're capable of doing. They just choose not to do it. I think they more so choose the marketing aspect, which is what they've shown us recently, that they know they can hype us up with these certain releases by like drawing in tease, teases from various models they had in the past to make us think they're going to come out with something like that. But instead, they kind of just choose to go the, oh, you know, sorry about that, but here's this watch. You know, but, and, and they could never have gotten away with it prior to the Black Bay. Like, if yeah. you know, in the Tudor oh, universe prior to the Black Bay, these shenanigans would have fallen on deaf ears, firstly. And secondly, <laughs> anyone who cared would have been like, mm, still not super impressed. I mean, and that's why the Black Bay is what it is. I mean, that is why it is what it is. It is their I, absolute flagship property in this day and age. Oh, it completely is. But that's why I go back to, like, I know that they, you, you think they get the marketing, but like, seriously, even if you don't, okay, don't even change the dial. Don't even change the dial. Give it the same Black Bay 58 and blue, but don't call it the Black Bay 58 Navy blue. Call it the Black Bay 1969. Like, that is yeah. such an easy sell. And I think 
again, like no one's going to argue with that. When you call it the Black Bay 58 now in navy blue, everyone's like, oh, cool. It's a blue version of the watch we got two years ago that we all lost <laughs> our shit over. It's but, okay, so it's blue. Whoa, you did your thing. Versus now you're like, oh, okay, you're marketing it. And yeah, oh, you're right. That was the year that you came out with the blue one for the Marine National. Oh, this ties back to your heritage. Oh, this makes sense. I think the faction of us that are like, oh, this is just a new watch but in blue, I, I really think if you tie it back to the heritage – I think you get a slightly different, slightly different tune from those folks. And like I said, if you change the dial enough to have the square markers and the fatter rectangles, I think all those people are shutting up and they're like, this is what we wanted. <laughs> and that day will come. I mean, there's a reason that they don't give us our dream wash because what would they do next year? Incremental change is the same you know, thing as, you know, you know, why, you know, uh, an iPhone isn't going to do everything it can because what do we have to look forward in 2025 if we if we you know do it now? So I am not remotely surprised that all these ideas, which probably someone at Tudor has thought of, let's just say, did they though? I think, <laughs> did I think someone did. I, I'm good. I know. I know you think this is a novel idea, but I do think some of their. But this is true. Like if they did, if they gave us exactly what we wanted in 2022 what are they shooting for in 2032 like it's just the nature of having to put out new product every year much like cars much like iphones like they're not gonna they're not gonna just they're not gonna just give you that i just don't think they will but my question there then becomes if they're not going to do it now i mean you released like we talked about a few weeks ago you released a version of you know, essentially the same case shape, the same case design, the same colorway, the same color mark, like the same red triangle at 12 o'clock, you released essentially a modern version of a 1958 Tudor Big Crown. Why wouldn't you do this two years later? Like to me, I don't think, I don't think the timing would be better. Like I don't think in 10 years from now that they're going to do this because they're still in 10 years, not giving us a Tudor sub. They're not going to harken back. I don't think... I don't think they have the bandwidth to change this with the different hour markers in 10 years. I don't think they're thinking that far ahead. I just, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, I think they missed a bit of an opportunity from a marketing perspective. Like I said, I, I don't know. I, I like the watch. I like the blue. I think it's a great watch. I mean, I thought it was a great watch two years ago when it came out. Don't get me wrong. The 58 is a fantastic model. And I say that owning and liking my, my original size black bay in steel. Mm -hmm. It's a great piece. It's a great watch. You know, this could, this could be, you're right. We, we talked about this could be somebody who doesn't know anything about watches could come in and say, Oh, I like the blue one better. That's great. It's a fantastic watch. Now, granted the chances of them walking into an AD this year and seeing one in the case and being able to make that decision is slim to none. That said, <laughs> um, but maybe they're, I think they're, this watch will work for a lot of people. $400,000 engagement ring. <laughs> yeah, they might be able to jump somebody. <laughs> okay, but here, here's my argument on this: that in ten years, whether or not they run out for designs or not, the idea of like this old school vintage heritage vibe for watches is probably going to run its course. Like this isn't going to stick around forever. Just like big watches, like in the early two thousands, did not stick around for forever. So I mean, they have a small window of time before you know, the new hot thing changes, you know? So you're so agreeing it, with me. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, I mean, I think they need to release this shit soon 
before they run out of their opportunity, like their opportune window time. But, here, because- but here's the thing. they This was their chance and they didn't take it. We're okay. not going to get that watch. Okay, We're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. So, so, and I also on the website, this is what I said in my article that I wrote. By them only at this point in time, releasing the Black Bay 58, Navy Blue, whatever you want to call it. By them only releasing this one watch, which is an easy watch to produce, all you have to do is make a new dial, basically, and a new bezel, and that's, boom, you're, you're done. They have room to make other watches later on in the year, which they will inevitably release. And I think those watches that they're coming out with, I think will be hits. Because, you know, I, we, I've talked to some friends that we all know, and they're like, yes, you know, we know the past year with the P01 was a meh year, um, but what we have in store for this year, we understand. We know the change that we need to make going forward. And I think by only releasing one watch right now, it gives them time to kind of sit back, wait, because they've given the like public what they want. They want a new watch, so they got that. And so when they release their new watches later on in the year or early in 2021, those watches will come out with what we wanted the entire time. Now, whether that will be a new sub, whether no. most likely I'm thinking is a GMT and a 58 case, I think that's the most likely option. Nope. Or, and my third, <laughs> my third option for you, Spence, uh, will be a new Ranger since they're apparently discontinuing the Ranger line as it sits right now. So we'll have to see what they come out with later in the year because they will absolutely be coming out with stuff later in the year. So I think it'll be early next year, and I think it'll be a range. I, I, I like the I like the Ranger idea. It's gonna be a smaller Ranger, but without it's gonna. I don't know. I, I don't know what what num what numerals I'll have, but I think you're closer on that. I think that one will be. That'll be it. Well, I think I like that. So I you're, think you're, you're, do you know what a Ranger like? What Rangers actually were, or like you know what a Ranger is. Um, you could. I want to say your your family's from the U. Okay, or where are you from? No, actually not. Um, Fair enough. Um, so the Rangers were, and that's why like there's a football club called Rangers in Scotland. They were these people that were like between the bona fide law of the land, you know, like a constable, where they were like, this is a, you know someone that we can trust that we've been you know either elected or appointed, and basically just mercenaries. They kind of like were the go-between to take care of, you know, and that's why Texas Rangers, as you know, from movies and whatnot, right. are these kind of like, yeah, are they Walker. federal marshals? Not really. Um, are they Are they a gang? Not totally. They're just kind of in between. And I feel like as someone who probably appreciates history, you probably appreciate that small fact. Was. Nice. So essentially we're, what we're saying is like, look, if Tudor had one shot or one opportunity – to seize everything the watch nerds ever wanted in one watch, would would they capture it or just let it slip? Was that a little Hamilton reference? Oh no, no, definitely lose yourself. <laughs> I, from, um, I don't want to hear okay, about Hamilton Disney Plus anymore. <laughs> the the the, por- the poet laureate of the two thousands, Eminem. I, I was I was going between the two, but I, I knew <laughs> I, I've been flooding our group text with Hamilton lately because I saw it for the first time on Disney Plus. Eminem. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do think I do think that we'll see a, a reinvigoration of the Ranger, and I just hope to God they make it less dinner plate ish. And forty six, 
And less, <laughs> less we slapped this bracelet on using an aftermarket catalog. Um, you know, yeah. I, bra- watches tend yeah. to have end links for a purpose. <laughs> it makes it look a little less uh, half-assed. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, maybe end links. Maybe that's a thing you want, guys and gals. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. I got something for you, Buzzy. What if they did it without end links, but it was a stretch rivet bracelet? Oh yeah, that's that uh, stretch rivet bracelet is insane. Uh, we, <laughs> super, <laughs> super cool. You, you could overlook the end links if they did a stretch bracelet. I like that bracelet. <laughs> I'd overlook it big time. We need while we're here though, we we need to check out the other two blue offerings. Yes. Oh yeah, sure. real quick. Yeah, because yeah. just like the rest, just like the rest of the watch world didn't give a shit about them this week. We'll talk about them <laughs> briefly before we. Yeah, end. That, that was a heck of a tutor treaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One hell of a tutor talk. Well, I just again, yeah. I, I still am uh, not a believer that this is a coincidental finding of all these blue aesthetics. But um, before the show, I had the opportunity to look over some of them uh, here and. They're nice. They are. They are nice. We'll call this Blue Monday. This episode. Yeah, we. I, that's where our, our Blue Watch Monday, as the hashtags go. Um, yeah. But yes, um, I I go back and forth on that AP chronograph. That is probably, in my opinion, the most talk worthy of the watches. Actually, I mean, it is. So there's there's two things about it. There, so like. 34 grand is a, that's a lot of money. Um, (laughs) Yes. And so who was it that did the, I mean, we've all seen that more meme. And to me, it's like the Royal Oak offshore chronograph is like the, the, the Adam driver uh, who, by the way, for those of you who don't know, went to the same high school that I did. Shout out Mishawaka high school in Mishawaka. Wait, really? Oh yeah. No, he, he, so he graduated uh, the year that I was in eighth grade. So like, I know like some of my friends who were older than me in high school, like definitely sang in choir with him and knew him. Like, and I guarantee oh. that like, you know how, you know how like choirs and all the other stuff, like they tour the elementary and junior high schools. I guarantee I saw him perform before any of y'all did. Um, <laughs> anyway, so shout out to our buddy, Adam, not our buddy, like random Mishawaka connection, Adam driver. Everyone's friend um, of the show. Friend of the show, Adam <laughs> driver. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we'll get him on eventually. Uh, he wore an OP. Uh, um, but story. what I would say is, where was I going with that? The blues <laughs> of, of all the yeah, okay. It's his meme where it's it's him in um, the Rise of Skywalker yelling more, 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 whatever. That that meme we've all seen it. Yep. Um, friend of the show Odinky, I think, did one on Speedmasters <laughs> recently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, very so uh, very good friend of the show. Um, but. The um, uh, so like to me, that's like you take the the regular jumbo Royal Oak and like you just keep adding more to it. And it's like now, now let's be real. That is a badass watch that I would wear in a heartbeat. Like if somebody said, "Here, you can have," I was like, "Oh yes, thank you very much," and I would wear the shit out of that watch, especially in the summer on that rubber strap. <laughs> but it is still it's an in-house movement with a chronograph module, and I get the case that I, I get everything that goes into an AP Royal, Oak, but. Thirty-four grand for a modular chronograph. It, I'm shrugging for those of you that can't see. <laughs> it's it is literally insane. 
Now, I'm, I'm from the camp that I would never in my entire life ever strap an offshore onto my wrist because I think they're monstrosities. I think You know you would. <laughs> I mean, I would think about it and I'd probably like throw up in my mouth if I like ever like got near my wrist. But I mean, unless I lived in like South Beach or what have you, I don't think I could ever wear an offshore regularly anywhere, even in, during the summer. I'm just not a fan of it. Shrink it down to like 40 or 41 then you've got me talking, but I mean, and as make it, it thinner. I make it thinner. Just make it small. Hey, you know, if I'm spending thirty-four grand, I deserve to get the watch I want. Give me less. <laughs> give me less. I'm spending <laughs> yeah. a lot of money, so give me less. Uh, pay more, more, so give me less. <laughs> I'll pay even more, just get less. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think of the blue watches that came out this week. I think, aside from the black plate blue, which I thought was a you know kind of a all right watch i mean it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was all right i can't think of anything bad against it you know you know whatever but i mean of the ones that like got the most attention out of my mind it's probably that royal oak offshore even though i would never wear one i i think it looks better than the ones that came out this week especially with that blue strap i think that really looks good with it now the calatrava on the other hand uh, i don't know i i have my i have my feelings on the calatrava and that entire, just the Calatrava line in general from Patek. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I don't want to go too harsh, but like, I, I think it looks horrendous. It looks really bad in my mind. I don't know how you guys well, feel. Scottish like, watches. Scottish watches put it best with their meme with the it, the Spider-Man taking his glasses on and off. And it looks like oh, a yeah. Citizen Eco Drive. Yep, yep. <laughs> what, what is it with the big brands like copying lower tier bullcrap like ap and the like 11.59 going after the daniel wellington aesthetic it's like why is why are the current jaguars look like nissans yeah <laughs> it makes no sense like i guess you're trying to appeal to the masses but the people that are buying those watches aren't going to be spending 40 grand for an off or whatever 30 plus thousand for an offshore or 20 ish whatever for a calatrava like you don't need to no, appeal to the people more expensive than the offshore you know that right Oh my gosh! No, don't tell me that. I'm gonna throw up in my mouth. It was. Oh my god. <laughs> I think the Calatrava was thirty. It was either thirty-eight or twenty-eight. Oh, is it made of a precious metal? Please tell me it's made of a precious metal. Nope, it is stainless oh, steel on a strap. <laughs> oh. But it's powered by light, so you never have to change the battery. <laughs> can I can I take my glasses off and it's just powered by light? <laughs> and I don't have to look at my bank account anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that. Buzzy, I feel like you've got some thoughts. Hmm? I feel like you've got some thoughts. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. Before we go completely off the rails. Those, those, things, those things cost uh, more money than I have to spend on watches, so yeah, they don't exist. Um, yeah, one of them kind of looks like the pattern on a manhole cover, and that's really interesting. Um. But, hey, to each their own. I mean, after all, Rolex has sold a ton of watches that had that uh, record uh, dial on them. So, you know, people will trade money for some things that don't exactly look nice. Do you want to – Buzz, do you want to watch me make Spangler look a little bit more – or feel a little bit more sick? Go for it. (laughs) Please. So you know how you said it looks like a manhole cover pattern in the middle of that? Yes. Patek Calatrava? I was listening to, I think, the Worn and Wound podcast, and you would think, okay, that 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 pattern in the middle, that's got to be like hand done guilloche stuff like that. 
right, Spangler? <laughs> That's what you'd think for like for what you're paying for that stainless steel Calatrava. It's it's hand done guilloche. Nope, it's uh, stamped. It is stamped. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I love spending thirty Spangler plus thousand died. dollars on stamped <laughs> dials. Nothing else gets my gears flowing more than spending thirty plus on a stamped dial. <laughs> and, and, and and that just goes to like the <laughs> true like like diminishing returns at a certain point in watches that now if you want to make things you know out of precious metal or if it's a piece unique john mayer call me later then that's <laughs> that's one thing but if you're just taking like i mean that's kind of like the mystery of richard neal to me it's <laughs> like my holy trinity of watches i just don't get is hublot longines and richard mill and it doesn't mean i'm right it just means those are three watches where i'm like I don't get it. And for the Richard Mille, it's like, it looks like a watch that when you were at like a birthday party at an arcade, you use the claw to like go <laughs> down and pick a bubble and maybe it would pick up the bubble. Maybe it would kind of pick up the bubble. Maybe it would fully pick up the bubble and then it would come and you'd reach in and be like, Oh look, I got a this or a that. Oh, I got a Richard Mill. That's what those watches <laughs> look like to me. And they cost more than like my apartment. And I just don't get it. That's where Odell Beckham's came from. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is a fake one. It almost that's certainly that's a great meme for an account that is a really good friend of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. Yes, please. Whoever runs that account, I hope you're listening. Um, Odell Beckham follows you guys. That makes sense. I will, I will yeah. at you a little bit on Longines because they actually make some pretty interesting complications at a very affordable price. And they're a well-established. You know, I, I mean, I I understand why all three of those companies, brands, whatever, do well and people appreciate them. But that's just on my personal Ryan's personal. I don't get it list. And you know, everyone might have their own, as they probably should. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can go the same with like Frank Mueller, I think is another brand that I don't and I never will understand. I guess that's I, a little I, bit dated. Frank Mueller seems like you need cocaine to understand. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Dude, you're definitely wearing Frank Mueller to your Dorsey arrest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To me, it seems like that that whole that whole thing. They do the make a watch thing? that I that exactly. I would love to see in person, and they have one that I would consider. Have you seen their Crazy Hours one? Is it the one that's got the like super asymmetrical, like Alice in Wonderland look to it? To a degree, but the thing is, is that the it has tw I think twelve is definitely in the right spot, but all the hour markers are in the wrong spot. But you have to learn how to tell the time on it because, like. Even though eleven might be where three o'clock is, when it's eleven o'clock, that's where it's going to be pointed. <laughs> so, like, it's it's, it's it, it 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 points to the right hour, but it's in the wrong spot. Which, oh wow! Tell oh, me that's not freaking okay. cool. Uh, like that, I would like I would wear point. that. I have a new <laughs> newfound respect for that brand and like actual <laughs> respect. Um, like that's, that, that's a crazy complication to do. That's wicked that cool. Is remarkable. <laughs> that is remarkable. Right? I, I'm doing impressed. 
<laughs> It'd be like you guys having to learn how to tell the time on your 24-hour glycine airmen that you both want. Ooh. I was just about to say that. Oh, my gosh. That was right in my – I was about to say that after someone else was top talking. Yep. But for those listening right cool. now, me and Buzz have been going through a really big glycine airman kick. Yeah. Um, don't worry. Don't worry. It's pretty to glycine airman that they're going through. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But for those listening, that that most of their dials come in a 24-hour configuration, which of course I have no idea how to read, but I really like the aesthetic of the watch. So like, it would just be more so like a talking point for me, and I could like scramble through trying to figure out what time it is. Okay. the The coolest thing about that is on certain models of the Airmen, uh, they have a an arrow type hour hand, and then there's a tail that's on the other side of uh, the yep. center of the watch which for example if you don't remember off the top of your head that 20 hundred hours is 8 p.m that tail points because it's in line it points right over to the eight so it's that quick um quick reference uh, yeah. dials for dummies yes exactly <laughs> Which is great because I'm the dummy that they're talking about, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a twelve-hour 12, so a... dial guy living in a twenty-four-hour world, you know. So speaking of twenty-four-hour dials, you guys know what happened with the original Mercury Seven? No, anybody know the story of this? Okay, so this is fun, um, and I don't remember whether it was Fratello or Hodinky or whatever. It might have been uh, the right stuff. The movie. Um, I don't think this worked in, but essentially. And I think it was Jaeger or however you pronounce Jaeger, Jaeger, whatever. Um, they came out with a watch that for whatever reason, because you're orbiting and you don't really know what day or night is or whatever, they figured, okay, astronauts need to be on 24 hour time. So they, they commissioned a special 24 hour watch, you know, cause not very many people in the fifties and sixties made those actually mm-hmm. it was the Yeah. Whenever fifties and sixties made those. So what they were trying to do was just, you know, so that they all got used to UTC and whatever it was. And none of the astronauts could tell the time on it. And they all complained and they complained and they complained. And I think it was John Glenn who tells this story where he's like, you know, we're trying to figure out what time it is. And we asked, we asked one of our, our bosses, one of the engineers at NASA, what time it is. And he's looking at, he has the same watch that we do. And he's looking at, it, he's looking at it. And then he, he looks at his other wrist and he says, it's 3.15 in the afternoon. So he looks at a regular <laughs> watch and they're like, all right, we're done with these. Give us something different. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the story about about a 24-hour dial and y'all not being able to figure out how to tell it because even the even the Mercury 7 couldn't figure it out. Well, uh, you know, if uh, I had uh, Alan Shepard and John Glenn as my compatriots, I'd be living in good company. Oh, completely. And if, yeah, so anyway. Well, I mean, I think we went pretty long. Um, a lot of it was tutor-based. Um when I get the call from Switzerland tomorrow and get my job offer, I will let you guys know. Um, I hope you guys continue the podcast without me. I think it's a really great service we provide. I think everybody likes the content. So please continue um, in my absence. But uh, <laughs> no, all, all, all joking aside, um, that was a fun episode. Ryan, it was good to have you on, buddy. Pleasure. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll come back again at some point not in the not too distant future. I would, I would love to. It was, it was a wonderful time, and it's, uh, you know, great to discuss watches with people who genuinely are enthusiastic about it. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. And thank you again. Thank you for coming on. And at some point, we'll probably be able to meet again in person. Um, there might be something coming where we all share a bottle of whiskey at some point. Uh, maybe a drop in a hint at a future episode that we're working on. So uh, everybody stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for joining us for episode 24. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>